Well, good afternoon and thank you once again for joining me for Business, the Law and You. Julian Campbell here. We've got another interesting show lined up for you this week. But later in the program, we'll have a look at one of our Harvard Business Review tips. This particular one is to how to navigate political discussions at work. We're also going to be chatting with Christina and we're going to be looking at having um, maintaining a positive mindset. But right now, we're going to cross over to uh, AV Chartered Accountants, have a chat with Tony Vidray about JobKeeper. Good afternoon, Tony. Good afternoon, Julian. I'm just wondering if a political discussion at work is whether you wear a mask or not. Whether we you, could be. you go down the, straight down the Democrat or the Republican lines as they do over in the US. It could be a lot of things at the moment, couldn't it? It could be, <laughs> could be an election on the weekend as well. Mm, yeah. um, so well, it's a while since we spoke. It was interesting that uh, our last discussion was just uh, be, just about when the uh, shutdown was happening, and we were talking about uh, some of the packages that were coming out. So we're going to spend a bit of time today talking about job JobKeeper. Yeah, nice to hear you back on air. Actually, um, it's uh, it has been a while, and a lot of uh, legislation and stimulus packages released um, since uh, yeah since last uh, we spoke. JobKeeper. We're almost at the um, right on the halfway point at the moment. So we're, you know, it came in April, May, June, and we've got another three months of it to go: um, July, August, and September. Subject to the government changing its mind or mm. extending it, and, and as we've heard, there's been a lot of calls for them to um, to extend it. I'll, I'll give you a, a prediction now. This is something that's just in my waters. I, I have a feeling that. And it would be very, very clever politically if they did this to extend it through until 31 December. Um, that way, it gives you know people certainty and it gives people enough money to uh, to cover their uh, their Christmas presents for uh, for for, for uh, you know for, yeah for this but particular festive you, season. So, do you think if they extend it, they might extend it just to certain industries? Well, that's what I, that's that's what's going to yeah, and, and that's that's the other proviso. I think they'll extend it, but they'll they'll really make it a lot harder. Um, and, and really tighten things up for people to get it in those last three months. So I'm, I'm hearing some interesting rumours at the moment around, um, you know, uh, certain industries being excluded. And But one that I think they may actually, um, you know, do for the, for the last three months um, is that they, they may actually say, well, you know, if your turnover's gone back to normal, um, then, you know, you're not going to get it for... You know the remaining October, November, December months that, that mm. they may bring something like that in. That's actually a myth at the moment, and I just wanted to talk about that because I've had a few phone calls from clients who are a bit panicky, saying, "Oh, our sales in in June are actually up a little bit, and um, we're not going to meet the thirty percent test for June." And I thought, I said, "What are you talking about? You've already you've already met it." Mm-hmm. So there was a there was a bit of misunderstanding there that the, the rule, the way the rules are at the moment, is that if you meet that test once, whether it was for your March turnover or for your April turnover or even May, that's it. You jump in and you, you all you've got to do is at the start of the month when you're claiming for the previous month, you have to report your actual turnover. But the ATO and the government are just using those as statistics for, <laughs> for, for, their, you know, for, for their sort of retweaking of the system. But once you've jumped in, you, you technically you qualify all the way through until September. Now, the reason I say technically is because the government are actually going to do a review on JobKeeper. It's due to be released on the 23rd of July, mm. and that's where we're all sort of bracing ourselves for some changes that they may make. Are they going to extend it? Are they going to pull it back from certain industries? You know, are they, another rumour that I've heard is, and that I've read is that you may not have to top up people's pay to, 
you know, the $1,500 per fortnight because that's had some interesting, um, you know, consequences that we'll, we'll talk about in a, in, a, in a moment. But the way it sits at the moment is that once you, once you qualify and you meet your declining turnover test, you're in the system all the way through until September. You don't have to keep proving that you've got a 30% reduction um, in turnover, which... Um, which is an interesting um, segue to a, a particular mm. betting company down in Melbourne who have been caught out really, really badly. So um, their middle management actually sent emails out in April to their staff saying, um, guys, stop putting through sales, um, delay them, redate all the invoices um, mm-hmm. as, um, as the 1st of May. And they did it for no other reason to have you know, to meet the decline in turnover test for April, but someone tipped off the ATO and they actually, the tax office actually raided their headquarters at 4am, grabbed all their um, file servers, so now, you know, they've got access to what we call metadata, mm-hmm. um, you know, encrypted um, emails, which you can't, once those emails are sent, they're out there, um, and they are in a world of hurt, um, and, they're the, and it's, we're talking about a $11 million in JobKeeper payments that wow. this company was was receiving, and so... Yeah, look at yeah, and I, and I've been at pains to to tell everyone who listen: do not manipulate your turnover. Don't change your pattern of behaviour during this whole stimulus package. If you all of a sudden want to start introducing, you know, oh, I'll start paying the wife, I'll start paying the kids, the dog and the cat, you know, just to start getting all the cash flow boosts mm, and all this mm, sort of stuff. Mm. You are putting a target on your back because the ATO are not stupid. They they can see. Very clearly, who you paid in yeah. February and January, February, and and all of a sudden, if you've gone and changed your pattern of behaviour, um, you know you want to have some pretty good reasons um, why. I actually had a discussion with one accountant who was really afraid of putting a bonus through for for a client um, in December, but that was their pattern of behaviour for the last five years. Every mm. year they got to June and they went, okay, let's rework out the figures and put the put put a bonus through and I said well your pattern of behaviour is that you've done this every year in June you've got a good reason for doing it so if they come and knock on your door and say hey why have you done this then you know, you've got a, you've got a pretty good reason but yeah to, to change your your pattern of behaviour as I said the ATO aren't, aren't stupid and of course they've got access to the, well, the BAS statements so the BAS statements would tell quite a, quite a good story well look they do but again you can manipulate the bad statements by just excluding you know sales to me what what the tax office will do is they'll come to you and say give me a look at your sales register um, pronounced for the for the month of April and the month of May and what they would have found in this betting company for example that would have stopped on the say the yeah. 20th of April <laughs> no sales for 10 days and then a whole host of sales dated the 1st of May I mean it's it stands it's silly it stands yeah. out yeah. like a sore thumb you just don't do that sort of stuff so that's yeah, so don't don't manipulate your um, your turnover. One real um, interesting um, unintended consequence that Scott Morrison did mention, and this is why I think the rumour, you know, is that they're they're not going to require you to top you up to four to fifteen hundred dollars. The unintended consequence of that is, of course, some casuals who have been you know uh, entitled to to JobKeeper because they um, had worked for more than a year as at the first of March. So those guys pretty quickly worked out that if they sat at home and watched Netflix all week, they would be paid $1,500 a fortnight. But if they came in and they worked, they would actually be working for their $1,500. Or getting less. <laughs> or getting less. That's it. So they, so 
so they quickly worked out, well, why would I turn up to work? And that's a really bad yeah. um, unintended consequence. And I've, and I've actually heard some interesting stories of labour shortages because they can't get yes. people to come in and actually physically work for the, um, for the money. So I think that's an interesting rumour that may actually have some legs where, where you may not have to top them up to 1500 uh, per fortnight. And, of course, we've got to be careful with all these rumours because there was that rumour on the weekend about um, um, Job Seeker going up uh, by $75, which was the furphy, apparently. Yeah, look, I think, again, <laughs> look, this, it's, it's politics. It, it's, you know, you can see one party just agitates and comes up with a, someone who writes a, an article or report then it gets picked up by other, you know, other press agencies. The next thing you know, the government's been asked a question of... of something that's been printed in a paper and they, they've got this quizzical look on their face going, I've, I've never heard of <laughs> What are you talking about? You yeah. know, someone has gone and, and made something up or thought, yeah, this is a good idea. So, yeah, don't, don't put too much stock in, in, in rumours um, of what's going around. Who, who knows what's going to happen? It, look, at the end of the day, this scheme has come out at a cost of $70 billion where they first estimated it would be $130 billion. And there's, good, mm. there's a lot of reasons why it's come out under. There, there's, mm, there are a lot of employees that they thought would be eligible, that they thought would would be sticking their hand out for JobKeeper that simply just hasn't come out for, mm. for, for reasons that, A, they're not entitled, or, B, employers just found it too hard mm. to jump through the hoops. And, and one of the big criteria was you have to pay your staff member and then wait and get reimbursed by the government. Now, a lot mm. of businesses during the height of COVID, did not have the cash to, to be able to do it. Mm. And that, that was the real tragedy. They, mm. they, they had to lay them off and say, well, I haven't got the cash to be able to reinstate you and here's your $1,500 for the fortnight and now I'm going to wait a month for the, for the government to, to reimburse you. You mentioned someone in the, health, in, the, um, in the travel industry where they yeah. had no income coming in. And so that's why the statistics were so skewed that they thought, oh, all these people are going to come forward and, and claim JobKeeper. And in the end, it came out a lot less um, than what they thought it would. It's, it's mm. very, very sad set of circumstances. And those people have ended up on Job Seeker, which is terrible for the country because you've got a, a higher Employment. social security cost. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for your time again. Um, maybe next month we'll have a bit of clearer picture after the uh, well, uh, announcement from the Treasurer. Rumours rumors will, uh, <laughs> <laughs> will become reality. <laughs> have a good month. We'll talk to you next month. Tony Vidray there with a... His view on the JobKeeper. And you're listening to Business, The Law and You on 2NURFM. It's just gone 23 minutes past one. Time to have our chat with Christina. Good afternoon, Christina. Good afternoon, Julian, on this beautiful, sunny winter's it's very, day. It's a nice day today, isn't it? It um, is indeed. And we're going to talk about maintaining a positive mindset, aren't we? We are, because I think in the in the times that we are now living in, in COVID-19, we're recording this as we're, as we're in the throes, you know, sort of emerging potentially from um, the beginnings of what is a long-term recovery process. I think it's really important to keep a positive mindset. It's mm. really important not to have a fear mentality, uh, because if we have a fear mentality, everything retracts. Uh, and what we really need to be doing at the moment is expanding and having a mentality and a mindset of abundance and um, caring for each other, supporting small business in any way we can, any small way we can, whether it's a, you know just a cup of coffee um, that you may not have purchased from somebody, but in any way we can to support small businesses. Mm. Um, some interesting figures that came out yesterday or the day before, um, people that are earning 104 thousand dollars or more are spending 40 percent less 
than what they did pre-COVID, people earning less than 65000 are spending 20% more than mm-hmm. they did pre-COVID. So I think there's definitely some pluses to the packages that have gone out. Um, and mm-hmm. it's the low-income learners that are keeping us afloat at the moment by the sounds of things. Mm. One of the things I learned uh, many years ago about keeping them positive mindset was not to read too much in the newspapers and the and the TV. So obviously at the moment you want to keep in contact with some of the things that are going on there but uh, you know with uh, COVID-19 there's just so much on the TVs and you know sometimes you can just get bombarded with it which can affect your mindset. It definitely can and I can tell you firsthand from working on the news it can be very depressing mm. and there were nights we walked out in tears. So very sound advice, Julian, is to actually keep the keep um you know, the keep limited in what you're learning. Have a couple of sources that you um enjoy getting your information from. But have those positive conversations, shift mindset, think about what you can do to change things, look at things as a challenge rather than as a problem. Every, with every challenge comes an opportunity. So if you put yourself in the right mindset, you know, read a couple of those really positive business-inspiring books that you've got sitting on your shelf. Uh, and, and we both know there's quite a few of them. There's, you know, read mm. success stories and share ideas. I think the, the best thing that we can do is actually to dream really big at the moment uh, and then pair it back and go, okay, if I was to make this happen, what's the first step I need to take? What's the second step I need to take? So dream big. Um, and, you know, step by step, whatever it is, but also consider humanity at the centre of everything. So if we're feeling grateful and if we're in a giving mode, um, we release hormones within our body that actually assist us in feeling good. When you feel good, it's possible to dream big. When you're dreaming big, it's possible to create action plans. Mm. Um, so, you know, mm. all these things build off each other and it's very definitively in mindset. It's no... No, um, it's, it's no coincidence that we've been talking about yoga and meditation, um, breathing, positivity, you know, in, in all the time that we've also been experiencing exponential change, exponential rise in technologies. These other assets um, that help us create a positive mindset actually balance everything else. So again, mm-hmm. with everything, it's a matter of balance um, and, and creating a positive conversation rather than listening to all the negative, uh, is really crucial at the moment. I, I've got an app on my uh, iPad that uh, brings up a, uh, a positive quote every three hours. So, Fantastic. What, yeah. what app is it? Um, I think it's called Motivation, something like, yeah, yeah Motivation. Yeah, it's... yeah, and, you know, we all find it in different things. Um, for, if I'm having a particularly stressful day, I'll, I'll put on The Greatest Showman and I'll sing A Billion Dreams and I'll, you know, sing some of those from now on. Uh, and, and that lifts me. So whatever it is that, that you find that lifts your spirits, definitely mm. because our hormones have got so much to do with how we're feeling and how we're feeling has so much to do with the attitude that we're going to have to our businesses. Christina there with, uh, yeah, let's keep, let's keep positive. So you're listening to Business, The Law and You on 2NUR and uh, it's uh, 20, 28 minutes to 2 so time for our Harvard Business Review tip. This particular one, how to navigate political discussions at work. And obviously there is a lot of talking about political things at work at the moment. So talking about politics at work can be tricky. However, strong your views are, you don't want to alienate your co-workers. Here are some strategies for having a tactful dip- diplomatic dialogue. 
First of all, focus on learning. Chances are you're not going to change your co-worker's mind, so frame your conversation as a chance to learn about their viewpoint instead. Ask questions, be curious and open-minded. Secondly, show respect. Validate the content of your colleague's argument with phrases like I can see you care about this a lot or it sounds like you've thought this through. Thirdly, seek common ground. To prevent the conversation from getting overheated, look for areas where you and your colleagues are aligned. Don't demonise the other person just because you disagree. And finally, deflect if necessary. If your colleague brings up politics, you don't have to join the conversation. You're not obligated to be candid about your thoughts and feelings. That's an interesting comments there. Well, thank you for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you've enjoyed the program. In a moment, Jane Klein will be back with you with more of your easy listening favourites. Next week, we're going to chat with Caitlin Bowman from Turnbull Hill Lawyers. We'll have our minute on innovation with Christina and some more business and legal news and views that may affect your business. I'd love your company again for Business, the Law and You at the same time next week. Until then, have an exciting and prosperous week. And as Theodore Roosevelt once said, do what you can with all you have, wherever you are. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.